0: We're literally debating that it's bad that people get to say what they think. Can
1: you imagine? I'm reading Psalm 144 and it says, he trains my hands for war. We are on the brink of total
2: destruction of America as we know it. Let your rebel flag
1: fly.
0: Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. We are all here. The Ladies of Liberty, Sky Master is here, and I am Scott Beeson. We, uh, Our guest will be up in just a second. Jaden, hold on. I promise Larry and Fred swears he's going to be real quick. Larry, welcome to the program. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your patience. And I definitely want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, hey, Scott. First of
3: all, calling from the heart of traffic quake. 2023 here in montgomery alabama nice. i'm going to need to repeat those instructions for how to get past the uh accident because right now everybody's taking door number two which is to exit at mulberry street yes. and all that traffic is being forced into the most ill-contrived intersection in the city of montgomery at carter hill road narrow lane road and
0: oh mulberry man street. yes and y'all uh, are, um yeah. y'all are hosed <laughs> yeah
3: yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna say there's more jam there than smokers have ever
0: thought about making. So it's bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good. Uh, that's good. That's good. That's a. Are yeah. you a dad, Larry? Uh, father of three, and yes, I am yes. the king of dad jokes. <laughs> Very good. But uh, the reason I'm
3: stuck in this traffic jam is because of COVID. You um, guys uh. were talking earlier about what are people gonna do uh when shutdowns happen and they start forcing mandates and things um pre-covid i worked in the pharmacy and hospital software management game for about 15 years Uh, i had just started aside on with a startup company doing pharmacy management three months before covid hit venture capitalists pulled their money once they saw what was about to happen and so i became unemployed um being in the pharmacy world and knowing how vaccines work, um, mm-hmm. I, I was very familiar with the actual science that 75% of vaccines failed in phase three testing, which is about three years after a vaccine becomes you know, becomes useful and starts going into testing. And of course, what happened about three years afterwards, we start seeing all the myocarditis and the different things that are coming out with the reports that are coming from the vaccine. Yes. So, making an educated decision, I chose not to take the vaccine. Uh, because of that, I'm now working for living delivering groceries because I refuse to go back to healthcare because I refuse mm. to take the vaccine. It's it's not in my best interest. It would cause me more harm than good. And it's just a life choice that I've made. So, those are consequences that I've made and had to deal with because I won't bow the knee.
2: Good for you. Man,
0: I'm proud of you, Larry. I'm very proud of you. Hey, keep in touch with the show because we definitely want to uh, pick your brain and, and use you as a resource because I want to. Another day, I want to find out how your friends responded to you with your training and your expertise saying, hey, don't do this if they gave you the same look like you're an idiot that they gave me. Because I'm a rock guy, so it makes it tougher. Thanks, Larry. I appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. And hey, good luck out there, by the way, to all you folks. We got a lot of listeners sitting on the highway, and don't be mad at us, be mad at Sky. Let's go to Fred. Fred, welcome to the program. Thank you for listening. Hey, hey thanks for taking my call. Good morning, Scott, and everybody up there.
4: Good morning.
5: Good morning. I'll make this short. Uh, uh, we called it way back. Scott, you called it. I called it. All you callers did. We're going to have a repeat of this shutdown and all of that. So I want to tell Charles the first and Larry just called keep some type of a job for just a little while longer so you can say that you can't go to work due to COVID and draw you 8 75 a week. That's what I'm going to do.
0: Uh, That's a good forward- idea, Fred.
5: Yeah, I look forward to that and my $2,200 coming for Christmas bonus from uh, from uh, old uh, Sleepy Joe up there. I, I just look forward to all of that. and There's a lot of positive stuff in this. We go deeper and deeper in depth. Roll, tide, roll. That's all I can say. <laughs> thanks, Fred.
0: <Brad. Rock laughs> appreciate you, buddy. So our, our next guest coming up is Jaden Hurd, who's from Turning Point USA over at the Auburn University campus. Jaden, welcome to the program. I hope you're doing well, and thanks for being willing to spend some time with us this morning. Yeah, man. It's
4: my
2: honor to come on. So Jaden and I actually met. This is funny. We met... Um, I think that was last year, maybe last fall in Tuscaloosa when uh, they brought in Matt Walsh over there. And I didn't know who Jaden was. I don't even think he knew who I was. He did know we had a podcast. Nobody knew who you were. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's 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 okay. But we joked about him coming on our podcast. And then um, my daughter went to Turning Point first meeting um, last week or two weeks ago. And now has gotten involved, and who knew? She, I said, just get the president's number. We would love to have him on and see what's going on in Auburn's campus. Had no clue it was Jaden. So Jaden and I go way back. But Jaden, I was laughing. I really don't know much about you. Can you give us a little background history, who you are, kind of how you got involved in the conservative movement?
4: Yeah, sure. So uh, in 2020, I became a conservative. I was raised Democrat. You know, you're told, you know, when you're, when you're raised black, you know, you got to think a certain way. And. And, you know, so I've really felt kind of betrayed or lied to my whole life when I came to the truth or whatever. I became a Christian in 2021, and then I got involved with Turning Point. Um, I'm now the Turning Point president for the largest conservative chapter in the South. Uh, I'm also a student spokesperson for Students for Life National, so we do pro-life advocacy and stuff like that, pro-life lobbying for bills. Uh, And I also have my own show hosted by Right Side Broadcasting Network called Let It Be Heard. Uh, It's a Christian show, um, and we kind of look at social issues, current events, from a biblical perspective, and it's doing really well. I'm almost half a million of views right now, so it's actually doing really good.
2: Okay, well, never mind. You need to have us on your show. (laughs) (laughs) But how, okay, so where did you grow up? Are you from Alabama?
4: Born and raised in Auburn, Alabama. (gasps) Okay. So, Auburn High yeah. School? S- Auburn High
0: School, all of it. Okay. Jaden, I'm fascinated with this, this process of how you went from growing up as a, a Democrat and what role um, being saved, becoming a Christian, had, because it's, it's an interesting um, sequence of events. So did the, did the salvation, uh, coming to the truth, begin to make you see issues differently? Can you expand on that at all for me?
4: Right. So obviously at the beginning, it was really just basically watching YouTube videos. Like I got bored during COVID and I was just watching like these, these conservative talking heads kind of debunk a lot of stuff. And I was like, huh, that makes a lot of sense. But when I truly started to care about like conservative values was when I became saved. You know, I had as God just showed me him he just revealed himself to me through dreams and just through his word and through other people. And when I became saved, I really became passionate about like social issues, like abortion, <coughs> sorry, um, abortion. And, uh, just what, what things that are happening around our country, like just the degeneracy and people who are just looking for hope and they're not finding it. Um, and so that got me involved with you know, the movement, and uh, really that, that's my foundation, my faith um, in, in Jesus. And I lead a Bible study every Monday night as well. And I tell these guys, like, keep that as your foundation because you're going to fail out of school. You're going to fail in life unless you have that as your rock.
0: Mm-hmm. That's very good. Very, very interesting. Yeah. I, I would love to, you know, when you write a book someday— I want to re- read all the chapters on, on how all that occurred because a lot of times, and we talk about it on this show, Jaden, how frustrating it is when you're presenting the truth, you, you know, like you said, debunking things, these conservative commentators. And it's so frustrating when you just can't get people to see. And my opinion is a lot of what we're facing in our country is spiritual blindness. Because there's just not a, there's not a better answer for it. You know, you would think people could be rational, it's common sense, here's the facts, here's the data, here's what actually works, here's what didn't work, and they just can't get it. And so that's kind of where I'm going, like, before your, your salvation experience... What was your mindset like when you would see something or hear something or somebody would say, oh, well, you know, that's a talk radio show, a conservative talk radio show. Back when you were a Democrat, what what did you think? Oh, that's just a bunch of racists. I don't I don't care what they think.
4: Right. I mean, like, again, like your race uh, told a certain narrative, like that these people don't like you, that all of history shows that. They've been against you, that they, they don't want you to go to college. They don't want you to succeed. They don't want you to have rights. Um, I mean, that, and that's the lens that you have now been given to look at that side from, right? Um, and so it is really sad, and, and, and it still happens today. But you kind of have to wake people up. Like, you got to snap them out of that. You got to take that lens off because, again, black people are told, like, you have to look at it from this lens. Um, and if you look at it through that lens, you're never going to come to the truth. And so it wasn't until I had that lens ripped off of me where I was able to look objectively at people and how, and how to learn what they believed and how it made a lot of sense, um, not just morally, but just logically. And it got me to where I am now. And, and so really when I speak to people on, on the other side now who, who I used to be, I'm able to like understand where they're coming from because I had that lens on myself. You know what I'm saying? So it's really, it really about tearing down those walls, tearing down those lenses, and, and just um, reassuring people like, hey, we're human too, we're not, we're not racist. We genuinely just care about our country, we care about family, we care about our values, and we want the same for you. We want success for you. Uh, it's just your pathway is not the right one, you know? And, and, and it's just as simple as that, really. So. Yeah.
1: Jaden, what are the issues that are most concerning to college students and young adults?
4: Uh, um, definitely like finances, like, um, I, I've gotten into Dave Ramsey, uh, very recently. You probably, you probably, you guys probably know who he is, but mm-hmm. we are seeing like uh, a lot of, uh, issues with, with finances, like student loan debt, um, being an issue and, and, and people wanting to vote to basically have the college like debt pay for and stuff, and so that, that Biden policy was very attractive to a lot of young people, you know, a lot of these handouts and, and stuff, and and so people were just kind of deceived, the young people on that, and then as far as like a big big Biden pushing topic would be definitely abortion and all this, you know, confusion about sexuality, like, you know, uh, gay marriage and LGBT, which that's been a thing for a while, but it's not getting any better, it's getting more divisive and I think again, a lot of young people are looking for hope. They're looking for identity, and they're putting their identity in things that are not Christ. Um, and again, that's, you're seeing where that's leading. It's leading to higher depression rates, higher anxiety, um, suicide rates, and then marriage and divorce rates are just absolutely terrible. And young people aren't having they're having babies out of wedlock more than any other generation. It's like when we put our identity in things, you know, these are the consequences.
1: So when you're talking to them about the student loan debt or about abortion or about gender confusion and identity issues, what are the tactics that you found are the best ways to get them to begin to open their minds to think differently about those issues?
4: Yeah. So I'll I'll give you an example. Actually, I can use an example from literally two days ago. Sorry. Wait, three days ago. Three days ago, we were tabling on the concourse at, at Auburn, and there was this guy named Trey that walked up to the table, and, he, you know, he's a gay guy. He doesn't agree with anything about Turning Point at all, actually, but he sat down and uh, talked to me, and basically, who, like, what happened was we were able to find things that we agree on, right? So, for abortion specifically finding common ground is not compromising. It's just simply acknowledging what you agree on. So we agree that abortion is wrong after viability, and a woman has no right to, to, to take the life of a child after viability. That's what, he, that's what he said, and I was like, okay, I agree with that. So now we, we at least agree halfway with abortion, right? So, uh, you know, the media wants to paint us, like, completely separate, divisive on two opposite spectrums, but at least we somewhat agree on this subject. Um, then of course it, it gets to the rest of it. Okay, so now I've gotten him to agree with abortion. Abortion is wrong after like what, twenty weeks or whatever, nineteen mm-hmm. weeks. Now let's get them lower than that. So then you start to compromise, have them compromise on. Okay, so what about this situation? What about this situation? What about the heartbeat? What about? And then next thing you know, an hour later, this person is almost pro life.
1: Yeah. Um, no, that's a and, good and
4: point.
0: A, hey, Jaden, we right. gotta take a break, brother. Jaden Heard is with us from Turning Point USA over at Auburn University. You don't want to miss it. Fascinating conversation. He'll be with us on the other side. We'll be right back. Welcome back in, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. We're powered by 1819 News. If you're enjoying this radio show, as well as all the other content put out by 1819 News, you can support that work by going to 1819news.com and becoming a member today. 1819 News is your citizen-supported truth teller, shining the light on what's happening in the state, uncovering corruption, and celebrating the good the true and the beautiful. Support nonprofit journalism that represents your values. Become an 1819 News member today. Jaden Hurd is our guest. He is with Turning Point USA over at Auburn University. Jaden, we appreciate you spending time with us and um, and just for what you do in general and your story. We we do appreciate you a lot. Yeah, thank you,
4: man. It's an honor to do. Uh to honestly lead a chapter. It, it, it's the biggest thing. If anyone's listening and you want to start a TPSA chapter, go to tpsa.com. It's fun.
0: Absolutely. We're going to have some folks from UAB doing the same kind of thing you're doing um, in, a, in a week or two. I'm very excited about what is going on at our university campuses. The administration, the professors, may be all a bunch of crazy leftists, but thanks to work like uh, you're doing, Jaden, maybe we're making some headway with the the younger folks. Let me ask another question, because I think it's so important for growth of the conservative movement, not necessarily Republicans, just a conservative worldview. Um, I've got a, a good friend of mine who happens to be a black American, and he says, Scott, I listen to your show sometimes, and I agree with so much of what you're saying. You you make perfect sense. I mean, it, but I can't, I can't tell the folks at my church that. I can't tell my friends in the black community that that I agree with you. It would just be, it would just be bad. How do we overcome that? How how have you been able to? How has your family responded to? Hey, look, uh, I may not be a Democrat
4: anymore. Um, Man, that's a hard question because um, it's something that I went through uh, not too long ago, you know. Um, And, you know, I've I've really, I've lost a lot of friends. Um, I've gotten some backlash from family as well. And really, the only, literally the only way I see this changing is really just either the gospel, that's obviously a great way, uh, but two is really just normalizing conservative black Americans. I mean, black Americans who are conservative just have to speak out, and it's going to be hard initially, but like, the more normal it becomes, the less the less reaction it's going to have. You know, when I tell people that I'm a conservative, it's like a step back. They take a step back and they're like, what? But then but then they meet other conservatives like me, because I'm friends with a lot of black conservatives, and, and they're like, oh, okay, this is normal, okay? You know, and, and so okay. I'm like, if more people just spoke out about it, if your friend just made it just normal, just like, oh yeah, I'm a conservative, whatever, this is what I believe, and he just made it nonchalant, then other people would treat it that way as well, but we know it's not nonchalant, obviously, sadly, Um, I believe that, I think 7% of the black vote went to Trump in 2020, so, I mean, like, it's it's very rare, but we gotta normalize it, really, Uh, I think that's the only way, so...
0: So, what does the, what does the black community think conservatism is? Because when I talk to people in the black community, they are, you know, they are very conservative. I mean, you know, they, they work hard. They have the same kind of social values. Right. They're not big for the LGBTQ XYZ six 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 movement. Not, none of those things. But for some reason, the word conservative or being Republican is what what does it mean in that community?
4: Yeah, and, and this is this is the thing. When I was hearing these arguments from conservative talking heads, I was like, "This is everything that my dad taught me." Like, nuclear family, don't drop out of school, don't do drugs, um, treat your wife with dignity. There's roles in the house. There's a man and a woman. Like, he, we're not we're not okay with the LGBT stuff. We're we're faith believing people. You know, the black church is is, is, is a big thing, and so you would think that conservatism would be very attractive, but for some reason, and and I actually, I know what it is. It's it's the media. It's how they painted. um, It's how they painted conservatism. They painted it as white supremacy. And again, when you appeal to emotions with people who feel like they've been going through something forever and you just beat that into them, they become a slave mentally, which is worse than becoming a slave physically because a slave mentally, you don't even understand that you're a slave. Right. So, this is the biggest issue is that mentality, overcoming that, those, those lenses that people have put on themselves, uh, that conservatism is white supremacy. That's not true. Conservatism is an ideology. It's a value system um, that's based on biblical principles. And until the black community understands that, I don't think that we're going to see a really big change as far as demographic and voting.
2: So, Jaden, CJ Pearson, who I'm guessing y'all have connected through all your different ventures, but he posted, um, I think yesterday on social media, says the Democrat Party destroyed the black community. Now it's time for the black community to to destroy the Democrat Party. And he posted a Fox News poll that said in 2020, like you said, 8% of black voters supported Trump. In 2023, it's saying 20% of black voters are supporting Trump. Do you have hope? Do you think this is accurate? Like, are you seeing kind of the tides? I watched the videos after Trump left um, Fulton County Jail and him, you know, going his motorcade going through the hood of Atlanta and just people out there cheering for him. Um, You know, do you see kind of the tide turning where people are waking up to the realities of how the Democratic Party? has treated black americans
4: yeah i am uh, that, that that is the good news there is hope um you know I, even even here at auburn people that i grew up with they're waking up and it, and it's not just because they're running into videos but they're watching my stuff you know they're, they're watching our social media yeah. or, or other other black create other black creators are coming out in public like rappers and stuff are saying oh trump is actually not that bad and then you know that that affects the culture. You know, it, it it naturally just the people who are following these people kind of listen to what they say and are like, okay, this makes sense. And so, yeah, Fulton County, uh, that was a great thing. But you're also seeing like at these conservative events, I'm seeing more and more African Americans show up, like consistently. And like again, like I have a lot of minority friends who are conservative now that I would have never thought would have been conservative like two years mm-hmm. ago. And so, absolutely. People are waking up. And, and also, people are also noticing how the Democrat Party is just getting worse and worse and worse. They're getting more openly racist with this affirmative action saying that blacks can't make it unless we give you money. Like, that's just, it's just yeah. ridiculously funny how ironic it is what they say. And, and yeah, blacks are waking up. It's great.
2: So, when we come back, we've got to go to a break. And you made the mistake of telling me you didn't have class until 1230, so you're kind of stuck. But, um... <laughs> One of our favorite (laughs) articles is the Black Student Union article from uh, 1819 News. We've referenced it a lot on this show and had no clue that it was you that broke that story. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about um, the events you have coming up for Turning Point um, in the fall because there's some great things happening and uh, just continue the conversation. So can you stick around for one more segment?
4: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: Okay.
0: Sounds great. Jaden Hurd from Auburn University's chapter of the turning point chapter at Auburn University is with us. He'll be with us on the other side. We'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I'm Scott Beeson. The Ladies of Liberty are here. Jaden Hurd is our guest. He's with Turning Point USA over at Auburn University. Jaden, I think we we skipped something that a lot of our listeners probably would like to know. What exactly is Turning Point USA? What's its purpose? and um, what's the goal?
4: Right, yeah, so Church of USA is the uh, largest conservative, uh, I would say, uh, college uh, movement uh, in the country. Um, they have uh, chapters all over the country at every school, and basically what it is is they basically promote free markets, capitalism, freedom, First Amendment, Second Amendment, uh, basically conservative values. And what they do is they plant these chapters in different campuses, and they have student leaders come out and they, we, we start these chapters and we have meetings every week. Uh, we host speakers, uh, which we're going to get into later on, I assume. Uh, uh-huh. And we just hang out. We're just, a, we're just a group of conservatives on campus that just spread conservative ideas. They, we, hold, we hold professors accountable. There's even like a national professor watch list. Um, and we, just, uh, we, we expose liberal biases on campus. Uh, All types of stuff. It's great. Turning Point's amazing.
0: So so does Turning Point, are are, are y'all okay with social issues? We've talked about social issues with you, but are they conservative across the spectrum, free markets, et cetera, but also socially?
4: Right. So I'm not quite sure. Uh, I think because I remember like a couple years ago when I first joined, they don't take a stance on certain issues, but um, I'm allowed to say what I personally believe. I'm not quite sure. The organization, but you know, um, yeah. I believe that they're, you know, the leaders of the uh, organization, at least, like Charlie Kirk, we all know what they believe, and they're pro life and all that stuff. So,
0: well, because that's interesting, because what's funny about Turning Point USA is. Y'all are doing what people used to think the young Republicans did or the college Republicans did. And they got all wound up. Somebody came in there and fested them, you know, with this whole idea of, well, you can't be for the social issues. You can't be talking about. And they just just decimated what could have been a movement. And it looks like turning point to me is. Hey, look, we're, we're just conservative. These are, these are traditional values, principles of America, and that's what we're for. Come be a part of us, and I'm really excited about the work y'all are doing.
2: I'm laughing because this is awesome, but Jennings, you know, who went to a meeting, and she she texted me the other day and said, Mom, what's going on with the Federal Reserve? <laughs> and I busted out laughing, <laughs> and I was like... This is usually the girl who's like, I got to go buy my Lulu. Can you put some money in my Venmo right, right, right. You know, Not really. She's not like that. But, And we had this whole discussion about the Federal Reserve and inflation and supply and demand and all these things. And I was like, "What? what is this for? And she said, I guess, is it a topic? Did y'all talk about it in a meeting? Or are you going yeah, to talk so about I, it?
4: Okay. Yeah, so um, our next meeting, we, we announced at the meeting she went to. So yeah, next week we're going to talk about the Federal Reserve. And we're going to have <laughs> Big discussion on it. And I Fantastic. guess that she was so fascinated by that that she texted. That's great. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. No, but that's what I love because you're educating, you're getting these kids to think about things they've never thought about. And it's sad. But I mean, I actually had to go back and relearn kind of the Federal Reserve and you know, supply and demand and all that kind of stuff as I got older. But, I mean, Jennings would have never thought about that. And now she's educated. She's learning a lot. So, so yes, there's a the social issue. She also has a button that says, is it stay strapped, the Second Amendment? You know, it's got yeah. like, yeah. And she's that. got a turning point button on her backpack, you know. And so, but I love what y'all are doing. And y'all have some incredible speakers coming in. And it's they're open to the public, correct? You don't have to be 18 to come.
4: Right, you can bring your family, bring your kids, bring your parents, uh, uh, bring your uh, will. I mean, bring whoever you want. So, you know.
2: And so, when is Dan Bongino is going to be speaking? September.
4: He's coming September fifteenth.
2: Okay. And that is um, in the library. Where can they find details on that? And then, Matt Walsh, I know you don't have details out exactly about that event, but where can people go to find out um, if they're interested in coming to some of what you all have going on?
4: Right. So, uh, if you could follow our Facebook page or our Instagram, TPSA Auburn, or on Facebook, it's just if you look up Turning Point USA at Auburn University, you can find it on there. Uh, we actually just posted all the details for Dan Bongino, including RSVP link. So it, we are going to require you to RSVP ahead of time, uh, or if you show up there, if, 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 if you know if you want to RSVP right there. But we just do that so that we're vetting who's coming in. Um, and then if you want to find out more about the Matt Walsh event, again, um, follow us on social media. We'll also be sending out emails to people. We'll be posting it everywhere. I'm sure you guys will find it on Facebook. So. Um, but we do know that Matt Walsh will be here, um, hopefully September twenty eighth. It's either going to be September twenty eighth or October fifth. We're thinking about one of those two weeks, and it'll be at uh, we're thinking six thirty or seven. But that's, that's but it's not guaranteed. We'll, we'll we'll put out the information about that later on as well.
2: Okay, and we just have a few minutes left. But I'm so curious. Okay, so the Auburn Black Student Union, there's a group <laughs> me that. And they're just conversations of group me and so how you can get information out and totally fine that they have this group me. But you broke the story to 1819 News that they had a, um, a list for uh, racial slurs for white people on a Google Doc that was going around this black student union at the university. I'll be honest, we've laughed several times at several of the names. <laughs> I mean, Elbow Crust. That's pretty darn creative. But whatever happened with that? Did the university ever respond? Was Did you get, like, poked with sticks and tied up, you know, for, for leaking that? Or whatever happened with that whole debacle?
4: All right. So uh, as far as the university, they obviously condemned the message, which was great. They released a statement saying that this is wrong. And they even acknowledged that it was right so that's, that's good. Um, the issue, though, was that I don't think any students had any accountability. Uh, the guy that leaked the document was meeting with the university. I, he leaked it to me, and then I put it out on the, the public sphere. Okay. Um, and he, he, he was meeting with the university, and the university is basically just basically not really doing anything. None of the people got held accountable. No one got in trouble. Um, and. Even further, they asked us for more proof of like, oh, prove that this is Black Student Union. When they ha- we had all the officer exact in that chat, um, we we had all of this acknowledged. Like, we, we even have screenshots of them like, acknowledging, like, this is funny, and like, we're sending this in, somebody add this into the, so we knew that they had access to the document, that they were adding names to the document, and that they were sharing around the document and laughing about it. So. There's really no excuse, really, for the university not to hold these people accountable. Yet, if it was reversed, if we had a white student union making black racial slurs, we all know what would happen then. These students would be all over the news. Oh, yeah.
0: They would be right. they be kicked out of the university, if at all possible. Oh, yeah. And I guess that's the point, is that we've we got to decide what our standards are, and we either... And we, we, we just treat everybody equally is is what we have to do. So if it's okay in one direction, it's okay in the other direction. And and that would kind of solve the problem. But I'm sure the university was just hoping, okay, please, just don't let anybody know this is happening. And then people found out it's happening, and the university has to put out a statement. And uh, my belief is they would never have put out a statement except that it went public and That's people are right. like, what's going on?
4: Yeah, it reached Daily Wire, 1819, uh, com, Babylon B., um, and so it did blow up a lot, which I'm very happy about. But we weren't even asking for these students to be kicked off of campus or, or exposed or anything. Um, but we just we were really just asking, like, okay, if you're going to have the same standard for white students, at least keep the same standard for black students because we believe in free speech. Right? Right. So we were just really just showing the hypocrisy there. And it's funny how it got exposed. No, it really is,
0: and Jaden, I'm glad they they didn't really do anything because I like to call Allison a bunch of those names. <laughs> and uh, since since Auburn said it was okay, Creeker, it's not shut really a yeah.
4: <laughs> crusty cracker.
0: But uh, so since they didn't, it wasn't worth kicking anybody off campus or even a reprimand. I was taught that it is fine to use those terms. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's Jayden,
0: just yeah, he's like, I've, I've, I've learned that's, that's why you're in charge of Turning Point down there You've learned not to agree with Scott Beeson That's a smart <laughs> policy Jaden Hurd is our guest, you do not want to miss it We've got him for one more segment mm, yeah, or I, Unless I mean, you got to go you gotta go, no, got to go, Jaden, we'll get
4: you another time How's that? Hey, totally up to y'all. I'm just I'm just waiting to get lunch at this point. So
1: uh, gotcha. <laughs> Welcome back to Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I am Amy Beth Shaver, not Scott Beeson. He's driving back from a phenomenal volleyball match last night that filled the stadium, ninety two thousand and three people at the um, at Huskers Stadium in Nebraska. It was Yeah, it they're was corn absolutely huskers, right? yeah, they're corn huskers. It's absolutely amazing. Um, Nebraska's you know, top four, top five in the country. So they are blue blood volleyball, they are a blue blood volleyball program. All right, look, we have callers, and we are so thankful for you, um, because we wanna talk about this, and we wanna keep reiterating, because the truth is getting thrown out the window. When you make a threat to someone, you immediately are not believed, immediately. Because if you're threatening another human being you are offer glasses. You are telling people that your idea and your position is untenable, because the only thing you can do is offer threats. And let me say we were reading some of them in the halftime. Um, you do not have a leg to stand on. If you want to talk reasonably and logically, great. But as soon as you issue a threat, if you know what, if you're dealing with debaters, for example, and you're just talking about take the emotion out of it and we're debating one another, the first person to lob a cuss word, to lob a threat, to participate in ad hominem attacking the person, which is what y'all are doing, right, means that your argument crumbles. It's like sand. It does not exist. You've lost so, I want to let you know that you've lost because you didn't come at this with reason. You didn't come at it with logic. You didn't come at it calmly or rationally.
2: Okay, wait. Let me see. You came you at
1: it like with a fire hose. In defense of some people, they actually have.
2: Which is great. Like, like you there, correcting there are me. a few people that have corrected me um, because I didn't know what the stickers were. Again, um, the school does not call and ask my thoughts, my advice, my permission, my whatever on these stickers. And so, again, if you're wearing those flags or you're wearing something or you've put it on your by, beside your name, I'm going to assume that's what you are. Um, my bad. It's still not right to have on there because you are so much more than a trans flag or a gay prat, plat. Flag, gay pride flag, or a BLM flag. You are so much more dynamic than that, and so much more interesting. And maybe we'd never be identified as just a mom, just a wife, just a radio host. Like we are complex, beautiful creatures, all of us. Um, I don't want to just be a conservative. I don't want to just you know. There's there's so many things that you are more than just one identity, and um, but. There have been people that have responded very thoughtfully, and I appreciate that. And we've had, we disagree, but, you know, I've, I've liked their comment, totally disagreement. And then there are the ones that haven't. And that's where it's like, you, you start to lose viability. That's right. You really do. Yep. Um, and like you said, your argument starts to crumble when you have to start personally attacking.
1: That's right. Crawdad, good morning. How are you today? Good morning,
5: ladies of Liberty. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, he promised you them. Mm, amen. From many, we're one. Right. If we can keep it together, that is. And I love what you're saying. It, it took me to a kind of a karmic level of thinking. Um, I can't remember who the person that originally said this was, but wishing ill on someone else is like taking poison and hoping the other guy dies. Mm. It, it just it does it to you. It eats you up, you know, having ill will toward another. And that thing about, uh, you know, in the debate, when the debate gets kind of nasty and somebody starts lobbing things at you. Yes, it diminishes their credibility and people look at you and go, well, yeah, okay, you're a bully. Because watching Chris Christie. Uh, act like a schoolyard bully. I just, I mean, I I wasn't crazy about the guy to start with, but that right there just kind of cemented it. He thinks he's going to walk around and try to uh, be a big boy bully, and that's going to get him somewhere. That's not how you act as a leader. Uh, So you might as well just check that box. He's out of here. You know, you're fired, Rich Christie. You're fired. But we call because earlier my brother and I, Mudbug, by the way, I'm Crawdad, he's... A little guy. <laughs> okay. um, it's a long story. We're, we're both crustaceans. I identify as a crustacean at least. <laughs> People that identify as furries. Okay, it took me a while to get that. You know, like, well, It went to class and she wanted the teacher to meow at her and all. I get it. You don't have to talk to me like a crustacean. Just don't eat me. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, my bug and I were listening about this uh, uh, library down in Ozark. Or is it yes. up in Ozark? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it, up, is it up from here, or down from? I can't remember where it, Ozark is. Yeah, I'm not up. sure where you are. I'm in Montgomery. I'm about, I'm about three miles from you guys,
2: actually. Let's see, I so where is Ozark? I, that's what I was wondering. I think it's Ozark. <laughs>
1: it's be- it's between um, Troy and Montgomery. Yeah, okay. Chris's people are thought, from there. Yeah.
5: Okay. I thought it was going down to Wiregrass. I, I I remembered that much. Um, it is. Yeah. The thing with the hey, what's going on this guy? Hey,
6: Fraudhead,
5: um, what's up? My main man. Yeah,
6: buddy. <laughs> um,
5: the, yeah. the library has made a decision to go ahead and put the illicit material, I'll call it that, and that's big, general, illicit X-rated pornography for children <coughs> uh, uh, in the library again. <laughs> Can you elaborate on that? Because I don't have yes. the big story, and I think 1819 probably does get into that about what's going on with allowing school age kids to be able to walk in pick up something and learn about things that even mommy and daddy would never want them to know it's just not right and yet somebody in that library has made that decision to make it available to the young people even though it says like adult book that just should not be there what's your what's your take on that ladies
1: so you are correct. 1819 covered the story yesterday, and then again today. That was the perfect pitch, tease, transition. Right. Well, so, well, well done, Thank crawdad. Yeah, it's
2: like you've done this letter, before.
5: And while while you're answering me on that, um, yes, sir. Y'all have some nice uh, nice goodies for people that uh, uh, sign up to become a member. And I was on uh-huh. the web. I need to tell you this. Uh, whoever your webmaster is, I was going to, uh, you know, go the full route there. But there was nowhere on the page for me to click the box to indicate which level I wanted to do. It only ah. had one at the bottom, and it was donate. Well, I'd love to do that, but I wanted to do more because I need a nice hat and a T-shirt. You know, I have to have a hat and T-shirt, okay? And huh. I couldn't click anything, so somebody needs to take a look at that, please.
2: Absolutely, we're on it. Can you leave um, Sky a way to get in touch with you, and we will get back to you on that.
5: I will do that. Okay. I will certainly do that. And uh, you know, sick 'em. Wrong. <laughs> hey, Sky, if you're still listening, I am. Uh, children of the Sun for the ladies, dude.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, we talked about it. Oh, Park. yes. I love that song.
5: The lead-in on that thing is the drum roll is awesome. And every time I hear that and I hear your show, I want to call Mr. Beeson and say, you don't know music, dude, but you would like this to be something on your your, your radio program there. So listen, last thing I will say, God be with you. God bless you. God bless the work that you're doing it is the right thing Mm. And people need to be still and know that the Lord is God.
1: Amen. Amen. (gasps) Thank you. Good word, Crawdad.
5: Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Sky. Yes, sir.
1: So Crawdad did ask about a story that that we've covered, and it's this. Um, The headline is, and and actually there's a video. I have the sound turned down, so I'm not going to play it, but Outrage in the Wiregrass, um, which... I think most of us know that that's what the, the area of Alabama is called as a wiregrass. But Ozark-Dale County Library Board reconsiders explicit young adult books access after four-hour meeting. Members of the Ozark-Dale County Board of Trustees plan to vote on a policy change at their next meeting to add parental consent requirements for kids to read explicit books currently in the young adult section of the library.
2: These things have depictions of if you have kids in the car, please plug their ears or turn this down. In three, two, one. These books in the uh, children's section have depictions of group sex, forced oral sex, and sexual assault. They talk about bestiality, orgies, and sexual assault. These are in the young adult kid sections.
1: So, I'm just going to scroll through to the, um, here's here's the bottom line, and this is what is kind of um, outrageous. Allison, I don't know if you saw this part, but the board discussed beginning a new policy that would move sexually explicit books out of the library's children or young adult section to a different area, requiring parental permission for kids to read the books, but here's Here's what I don't understand. This is the last sentence of the article. Board members said they wanted the policy to be reviewed by an attorney before being voted on at their next meeting. So they need an attorney to tell them whether or not what they wanna do is okay. What happened to common sense? What happened to doing the right thing? What happened to people Being able to say, uh, this is gross, let's handle it right now, and handling it. I mean, are we hoping that all things go death by committee and people will just forget that this is happening? I mean, Mm. I don't know about you, but Mm. I looked up some of the, and I didn't even want to. It was on my Twitter, and I saved it, about the the images in some of these books and they're vile. I'm reading... They're literally so disgusting, it made me
2: sick to my stomach. Y'all, in the 1819 News article... See, I haven't read it yet. I just read the headlines. They have photos, like where parents have written down some of the lines out of the book. Um... Uh. Yeah, yeah. I mean I'm speechless and, and there are things in here that I'm forty five years old that I didn't even know were a thing. Okay, so and they want your twelve year
1: old to know this. So Mike Carnes, Vice Chairman of the Ozark Dale County Library Board of Trustees, said "End fingers, this is a person who is requesting that these books be moved. Official requests were the first ones the library had received in its history. And this is what Mike Carnes said it is your responsibility as our public, that if you find any offensive material in any book to fill out a form, because no one ever has in the history of our library. Okay, really? And then he says, and this is ironic, there's a right way of doing this and a wrong way of doing this. Okay, so there's a right way and a wrong way, but what about the right way or the wrong way being considered when you put those books in the library in the first place? Is that right or is that wrong? Well,
2: and this is why we've got to get out of the American Library Association, because what these library libraries generally do, most of them follow the rules and the guidance and the recommendation of the ALA. And they'll say, well, this was, I mean, this was just on their recommended book list. I don't know. This is just, we just follow their recommendations. What, use your brain, know your audience. Now, unless... You just want me to label you a groomer and a pedophile. Why else would you put these? Why else, whether it's gay, straight, I don't care. Why do you think a 12 year old needs to know how to perform oral sex or have an orgy?
1: And if we're gonna go there, I have a question. Are people suddenly dumb and don't know how things operate even though they have for like thousands of years if you're a young earth person or millions of years if you're an old Earth, like are we suddenly that dumb? So there can only be an agenda behind it. Also, parents in that area, parents in that area, uh, why don't y'all just check out the books and never return them? Okay, I'm I'm just throwing that out there as an idea. Okay, like all over the state, check the books out and never return them. Make them order
2: more, check out more books. No wonder our kids have a mental health crisis because they're just wanting to like go buy the cutest purse at the mall. Meanwhile, these adults are shoving stories about glory holes in their face, which I don't know, don't Google that.
1: That'll mess you up in the head. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. We'll be back. So I really think that that song was kind of appropriate. These memories—is that what that was saying? That was right. That was Rush. Canada's okay. Sons. Yes. Oh, there's another. Is it Tom Sawyer by Rush?
6: No, it's uh, Tom Petty. I'm, sorry,
1: Tom I'm Pet- sorry. I'm
6: sorry. I'm. Gee, I'm gonna have to go home and beat myself up. Yes, Tom Sawyer is by Rush. Uh,
1: okay, I need to add that song to the request list. Yeah, I we love add that it right song. now Yes. Gotcha. Do you like that song?
2: I don't even know what you're Sky, about. do you like that song? Uh, yeah, I like everything. I love that
1: song. Um, so the memories. It's kind of back to what we said yesterday, that school isn't what it used to be, and we wish that it was. You know, when we're being accused of not understanding kids' struggles, it really is they are assuming that we don't know. And you know what they say about assuming? Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to say that word on the air?
6: We know what we We know yeah, what we mean, yeah. right?
1: So again, we're coming back to this idea that just because we are asking questions while you label us the fascist, we are not because if you are a fascist, you don't allow questions. So it seems the other side is not allowing any kind of questions and doing all the labeling. And you've assumed that we don't know when you have no idea who we know and who we know that struggles. You don't know. So we want to have a discussion and we appreciate the people who have asked good questions, thoughtful comments, the ones that Allison has communicated with that we agree to disagree. But this idea that we don't know what we're talking about mm. is the worst launching point for a discussion because you've assumed the worst. And we are asking you to be for all kids, not just the kids with the stickers. Mm-hmm. Now, um, putting, a, putting a, how about a comma there or perhaps a, a period, but a pencil? You know, So if we could erase it and we need to continue, we will. But there's a couple other stories that we want to get to. And I also want to preview tomorrow. We have actually three guests. Will Ainsworth is gonna be with us tomorrow. We also have Pat Ellis, who will really be able to do a (laughs) deep dive on this issue. Because she is our rock star hero. Because she's been at this for how many years in the state of Alabama? And really across the country. Pat knows her stuff. She knows about the sex ed curriculums. She knows what they're linked to. We're going to be able to really talk about this topic with her. And then we have a lady that's gonna be on. So
2: Montgomery County people should know uh, Ashley Smith, Mm -hmm. whose husband, Aaron Smith, was involved in a shooting um, in Montgomery. He was a police officer. And he's been in prison for several years, but she's gonna come on and kind of tell her story where they are in the legal system with it. Um, to be honest, I'm just getting some research on it um, and learning more. It's a very interesting case. Uh, and um, well, you'll just have to tune in tomorrow to kind of hear what's going on um, and, and what they're learning about his, uh, his case. Anyway, but one thing I really want to talk about, and this is interesting: Do y'all know State Representative David Cole has been arrested? i was literally about to ask you about that. I, I'm pretty sure it's we're maybe a little bit old news, but it, I haven't heard a lot of talk about it. But um, the arrest stems from changing voter registration. Um, He apparently registered to run, said his home was in uh, a district that he doesn't even live in. Hmm. And apparently he went in and uh, voted in maybe the wrong place. He made an under oath testimony um, in May relating to his voter registration. And Tuesday, the uh, attorney general's office arrested him. So I'm not really sure what's going to happen. His opponent filed a complaint and contested the election in Madison County Circuit Court on November 22nd, alleging Cole wasn't eligible under state law to serve as a state representative for House District 10 due to him not being a resident of the district and him not being a resident of the district for one year prior to the general election. I don't know. I don't know. Nathaniel Ledbetter made a statement about it. The Speaker of the House. I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, I'm assuming he's out on bail. But District 10, your representative David Cole has been arrested.
1: You know what? I bet I know that Sam from Pike County will have something to say about that. I That's what so. I think. I Let's think. See. Yep. Sam, how are you this morning?
7: I'm wound up
1: and crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <ew>. What's new?
2: <laughs>
7: And I'm listening. I'm listening to you, ladies. I'm enjoying the show, um, and I just completely. Oh, I, what, uh, what can you say? Uh, you know, who hasn't voted twice or in the wrong place? Oh, uh, I have nothing to say about that. Uh, good luck, to all Involved. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know this man wants to get elected. Wants it. with it bad. He ain't. you ain't trying. Um, anyway.
6: <laughs> well, Sam, um, you're, you're from Pike County, and uh, maybe you could help me yes, out. Yes, uh, Apparently, earlier in the show. We mentioned Ozark, and um, yeah. I was on the phone with, with someone else, and I missed the location. Could you help us out with uh, and maybe stop these texts and, and calls for me? Where is Ozark? <laughs> sure, exactly.
7: sure. Um, well, all right. Right now, I'm in Troy. I'm um, in the parking lot of the Dollar Tree. And when I right, came right. up about Ozark, I almost put a hole in my lip. Um, Ozark is not between Troy and, and uh, Montgomery. Ozark is about 30 miles south of uh, Troy. And uh, yeah. uh, Man, I know a lot of people there. It's, it's a good, uh, I've had uh, good dealings in the city. And, uh, yeah, it, it can kind of speed-trappy. Yeah, like I think that, they got me twice nice on the way to Panama City. I, I love that, kind of that speed much, trap.
1: Yeah. It's my favorite. Oh, it's wonderful, is it?
7: Yeah, it's you have, you have, like anything else. You respect it. Um, I, I have family <laughs> and friends outside of Dothan. And I've been through there, you know, thousand. You just have to respect, you know, go through there just, um, at interstate speed. But um, also... The big thing about I cannot remember the name of it is uh, Fort Rucker, home of the Army Aviation. This is right. Fort Newville now, I think. But that—that's what—that's what I was going to call in and joke about a little bit is um, you get a lot of uh, people that uh, come through there out of towners, northerners, you know, Yankees, and they bring their Yankee ways with them, and that's um, uh, I have to just a little bit. But I'm just blown away by this talking about the uh, the books in the library that. Uh, uh, that, that, I mean just with you know one, one person's lifestyle another person's propaganda it just that mm. uh, yeah I'm just I absolutely you know, I, I'm, I'm gonna have to spend a little google time see if I can actually see what the, anyway this is the age to be offended earlier earlier y'all were talking about getting death threats and whatnot it's just know, I'm all over the place but it those are things um it's pretty disturbing oh, oh listen... Listen, listen, uh, Amy Beth Allison, what you were talking about earlier, uh, borrowing uh, a book from the library and, you know, not returning it you know, for maybe 20 or 30 years, yes. I, um, I have seen this firsthand. I have. No, I have not. I don't have any old books to house. But let me just share this example with you that uh, people will do this uh, years ago. Dinesh D'Souza, he did the uh, little movie, um, the uh, autobiography. Well, not the autobiography. Quickly, the biography Sam. of Barack Obama. Pardon?
6: Quickly, Sam. We're, we got to go to break. All right. Okay. All
7: right. Anyways, the book and the movie, I've read the little book. I saw the little DVD. People got them out of the library. They stole them twice. They, uh, our library here, good library in Troy, they said they, they're just not going to replace it. And if you, if you Google it, you can't even find it. And I know it exists because I saw it. I had it in my grubby little hand. Um, <laughs> got to go, man. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. All right. Listen, thank y'all.
1: Good morning, everybody. Hey, it's still not Scott B. <laughs> Hey, Sky, good morning. I forgot to hit FaceTime, even though I've had my FaceTime up and ready for like 30 minutes. So I'm sorry. I'll That's hit good. that in the break. Um, but I can right. see you. Um, good morning, everybody. It is football weekend. Woohoo! So exciting. I mean, I watched some terrible game last night and I just thought. Dear Jesus, you do love us. Well, it was actually not a terrible game. <laughs> it was just not Auburn and not Alabama. Was
6: it? Was it Utah whooping up on the Gators?
1: Yes, and that? I'm watching. Hey, I'm watching the floor because you know we're girls, and I want to know all about football. I want to know all the things. Chris and I are watching that documentary on the Florida Gators, which is amazing. Wait, what is what? What is this? It's so Netflix is running a series called Untold. And they're okay. different athletes or different teams. And so one was about Johnny Manziel. Oh, my gosh. I watched that one. That was it so was amazing. That's a great... I love that story. Because it puts it all together. I know. And then how beautiful that he showed up at his parents' house and, like, get, yeah. he's going to be okay. But now we're watching the one about the Gators. And so last night, Sky, when we were watching, I was like, this is this is different than... Um, in the documentary. Just I'll not the same level of play and competition? No, and I want it for them because it? I love Florida and we've got a family member who is a just huge Gator fan, and so I want for them, for their team to do well. Sky Abs is being nice. Uh, What really uh, happened? Utah
6: came out and took it to the Florida Gators. I mean, they were never really in the game.
1: The Mormons destroyed the Gators. (laughs) I was, I I think uh, the whole sports world (laughs) was surprised.
6: Uh, They just, man, it it doesn't bode well so far for the SEC, but.
2: I was going to say, this is not a good start. No.
6: No. It's hard for me to be for the Gators, but you know, early on, I'll, I'll pull for the conference and all that. Be a, be a nice
2: guy. Dang man, yeah. that's it was not it was not a good done? look. I hope it's not Auburn foreshadowing. No,
1: it's not. No, Hugh Freeze was trending yesterday. He's trended a couple times this week on the X, the which is the dumbest yeah, name ever. I, mean, I don't think Elon consulted with his wife when he named it the X. Well, you know, they're divorced. <laughs> Are they divorced already? Well, I
2: don't even know if they were actually ever married. That's a good you point. Know, like they have like a bunch
1: of kids, and one kid doesn't even have a name; it's a number. It's like eggs. Like what is that? Yeah, it's fine. I'm proud of you, Elon. I appreciate all you've done for our our country, freedom, all the stuff. Anywho, it's football weekend. Did you not feel the crisp in the air when you walked out? The I did. Door? It was hope. Yes. I hope lofting through the trees. Oh, that was a beautiful way to put it, yes. Allison. Thank you. I can keep um, going. You could, and it would be right, because actually the name of the t-shirt we need to design, mm-hmm. and that we will design on this new site you showed me, the, the phrase for our week after all the things that happened, just because Allison Sinclair asked some questions, <laughs> which apparently you're not allowed to do, is, but did you die? that's gonna be the name of our first Rams wear t-shirt
2: but did you die you know there are a lot of things that can happen in between now and dying and they probably have happened at this point but did you die no no so we can do it again. I will say, I did send Scott and Amy Beth a picture yesterday. <laughs> I left the show when got my hair done, so I've got these, you know, because I'm a fake blonde and whatever. I'm just a fake blonde. And I have all these foils in my hair and my kind hairdresser After I walked in, she was like, what is going on? And I was like, it's been a long day. And she hands me a Cahaba strawberry blonde beer. And I don't even like beer, but I drank the whole thing. (laughs) So I'm holding the beer can with these like foils in my hair. And I'm like, this is just what it's come to. And Scott was like, what has happened since I've been gone?
1: And I'm like, you don't even want to know. So did you see what I put underneath it? Uh, so much worse than you can imagine. Yes, Um, And And he didn't ask for details. He didn't, which I'm (laughs) disappointed by. He's probably already surrounded by so much estrogen that he's like, I'm not even going to ask. So then in solidarity, of course, the night before last, we both had um, taco salad and then we both had a (gasps) Cahaba Blonde strawberry beer. That's right. So in solidarity, Thank I you. took my picture and I sent it to you. I'm not a beer drinker either. Complete lightweight. We both are laughing because usually it's like halfway and I'm like, oh, I think I'm good. That's all. I'm good. <laughs> and we both are like, we probably should have a beer after that day yesterday. I got up to go to the bathroom after,
2: still with foils on my hair, and I was like, whoa. Okay, but your hair looks. Well, I drank that a little <laughs> too fast. Anyway, great. um, thank you. But I, it's been a long week. Um, things are settling down on the on the social medias a bit. I did put out another post, um, just explaining that I I was wrong. Um, it's funny people are like, I mean, that is such a leap for you to assume that because someone has a pride flag by their name, that they are, gay or bi or whatever. And I was like. Okay, so if I have a cross on my necklace or a cross on my nameplate, do you assume I'm Muslim? Like, what? No. Anyway, um, so I was wrong. The stickers do not indicate the, uh, the teacher's preference or sexual identity. It's just a safe space. So I put a link to our show. From yesterday, which I hope people will listen to, because you get the whole picture, you get the whole discussion and the conversation about, you know, what the stickers really mean. Are they necessary? And if you go back and listen, if you miss yesterday's show, it's great because then Amy Beth brings in a lot of. She's so good with history and knows. Oh, I wish I'd paid more attention but just the the Marxist history of what's happening and how it's infiltrated our schools and how SEL and Common Core, it all comes together to where now we're faced with having these very polarizing flags and things in our schools. And it's like, we can't escape it. Um, The days of just loving every child for who they are regardless of gay, straight, black, white are kind of gone, it seems like.
1: So anyway. Well, and and I love that you posted that because on the way in, what I was doing, and this is what we want to tie up with a bow... Before we have our amazing guest today, because Pat Ellis is going to be with us, and she knows more than anybody I think I've ever met about what actually is going on in schools with sex and sex ed, and she's coming on to tell us some of the things that we need to be alert to, mm-hmm. alerted to. Um, we're going to talk to Will Ainsworth, our lieutenant maybe, governor. Maybe, maybe. maybe. I kind of forgot to follow up if, with him, and so and I'm going to text him and see if he And um, Will, we understand if, you're, if you can you're listening i let me know. You can call in any time because you you. And then we have another special guest who's going to be sharing her story, so you don't want to miss it. But in order to head in that direction, I want to share this because so many people ask a question. And again, please go back and listen to the show from yesterday. And even the first hour of Wednesday's show, because we talk about the statistics that are often thrown out when we're dealing with trans kids, when we're dealing with gay kids. Um, and I use the New York Times as reference. So We bring receipts when we're talking. We're not just giving our opinion. Um, And I'd like to tell y'all that it's never too late to learn history because the way that I learned was over the ironing board when I was at home with my kids. And that's how I taught myself was Mm -hmm. to go back and re-listen and learn history again and start reading again. So to all the moms out there, um, whether you are having you have a high-powered drug rep job, a teaching job, or you're home with Littles and that is your job, which was Allison and I's beloved job for years. I listened to podcasts, and then I started reading. But my ironing board and I were really good friends. Because with four kids, how could it not be? I'm laughing. I haven't ironed anything in probably two. years. My Nana and my mom would not have it any other way, girl. So I had to iron. Okay, so thanks, Mom. Uh, Thanks, Nana, though you are um, enjoying your heavenly reward. But here's where I want to go before we head into our glorious football Labor Day Fantastic weekend. And it's this. When we see those stickers on the door, I want you to remember that it is not just about a sticker. Though it may not indicate preference of the teacher, please understand that there is a history, a deep history behind that sticker. And it's this. And I believe the Lord had me listen to this for the third time Mm -hmm. on the way in. And it's that queer theory, and that's what those stickers are about. Queer theory is about the deconstruction of all gender norms. Okay, so they're coming along and Michelle Foucault is the godfather of queer theory. There's one more person. I missed it because I promised my husband I would stop riding while I was driving. That was dangerous. Abs. I know, but queer theory is about the deconstruction of all gender norms. And so when you see that sticker on the door, though it may represent to the person who put it there, this is just a safe space. Oh, no, 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 my friend. It is about more than that. And mm-hmm. so the four key pillars of queer theory are this. You cannot define what queer theory is, even though one of their books is 300 pages and it goes on and on about queer theory. So they, they wanna deconstruct what truth is, mm-hmm. okay? Number two, they say that sex and gender are different. There's a plethora of genders, though you may have sex assigned at birth or gender assigned at birth, which we laughed last week and said, Gab, did somebody just laugh when they invented this and said, oh, no one's gonna believe this. But gender assigned at birth, but a plethora of genders. Then we go number three, gender is intersectional. Mm, So mm, there's where the intersectionality mm, comes in. And so as a biracial straight woman, I am low down on the intersectionality list, but if I were a biracial, gay, disabled woman, well, I may be at the very top. But you're better than most because you're a woman and you are biracial. I know, right? I got you, Girl, you're on the list. You're like right above the dudes. I'm, yeah. Straight white dudes. And Kristen, You shouldn't even talk. And I'm I the should worst.
6: Just, I'm in a southern yes, yes, straight sky, white sky. male.
1: You the are the breezer. worst. Yes. Shame. 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 So then number four, this is asleep. the this is the last one and Kilroy after the break we'll get to you because I've got a I've got a list for you, sir. Number four, then, is the deconstruction of all norms. So the traditional when Patrice Calores said on the Black Lives Matter website before they took it off that their goal was to disrupt the family and to destroy it as they knew it. That little sticker Mm -hmm. is Mm. in solidarity with a Black Lives Matter trained Marxist queer theory disruption of all norms. And why do we want to disrupt norms? To rebuild and in whose image? So then minor attracted persons become okay. You realize the UN did lower the age of consent, right y'all? So then what's Mm. to stop you from having sex with a little kid or an animal? okay? It's disgusting, but you have to go there if you deconstruct all norms. That sticker is not just a sticker. Preach. So if you want to hear this, I would invite you to buy Neil Shenvey's new book, um, it, it has the name Critical Theory in it. I'll go find it. It's on the Elisa Childers podcast. She is my girl. She was in Zoe Girl, huge in Christian music, had her own Christian deconstruction, and then came back to her faith. It's amazing. And she had Neil Shenvey, who's unbelievable, and another guy that I never can remember his name, but I had to listen to him three times to get all that information. That's where this information's coming from. We'll try to tweet that out so people can have it. But I want you to know, our purpose isn't just to go, oh, there's a sticker, cry, 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 wah, no. We want you to know there's a sticker. We want you to know the origin story so that then you can go out and say, hey, guys, here's what I learned. Did you know this? What do you think about this? We want to put a stone in the shoe of the thinking that says disrupt all norms. It's fine. Norms have been around for thousands, perhaps millions of years. I say thousands. And they're there for a reason. Why? And why do you want to take them apart? That's our question. Um, Skye, can you hit the applause button? Oh, certainly. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for joining us on this episode of Alabama Unfiltered.